Ah, glory, 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 glory. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name in all the earth, in the body of Christ, in the homes of believers, on the jobs of believers, in the cars of believers. Hallowed be his name. Thank you, Father. We bless the Lord. All our souls, so bless the Lord. And all that is within us, bless his holy name. Lord, we adore you and we make known to you our adoration this day. This day, hallelujah. We bless your name, Elohim, the creator of heaven and earth, who was in the beginning. It is you who made us, you crown us with your glory and honor. You are our God, the God of might and strength. Hallowed be thy name. We bless your name, El Shaddai, the God Almighty of blessings. You are the breasty one. Just like John, we lay in your bosom where you can nourish us and supply us with all bountiful and all sufficient. Hallowed be thy name. We bless you now, Jesus. You've come from creation to being our Lord. Adonai, hallelujah, Jesus. You are our master. The master leads and guides. We don't question it. We just follow it. You are our Jehovah, the completely self-existing one who's always present, revealed in Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallowed be thy name. We bless your name, Jehovah Jireh. You are the one who provides for us and all of our needs. Not Ford, Chrysler, Chevrolet, none of these big Ford companies, no company, but Christ provides for our needs. Hallowed be thy name. We bless your name, Jehovah Rapha. You are our healer. You are our healer. Yes. Glory. You are the one who makes bitter experiences sweet. <laughs> Glory. Thank you, Jesus. You sent your word and you healed us. You forgave all of our iniquities and you healed all our diseases. Hallowed be thy name. We depend and lean on you the great physician, the author and the finisher of our faith. We bless your name, Jehovah Mekiddish, the Lord, our sanctifier. You set us apart. Lord, help us to walk away from the past, walk away from our old nature, walk away from the old influences, and walk into the newness that we have become by the blood of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. So sanctify us with your truth. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallowed be thy name. Jehovah Nisi, you are our victor and our banner and our standard. Your banner of us is love. Nothing can get over it, around it, above it, up under it. Hallelujah, Jesus. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, and that's how he comes in, glory, you lift up a standard against him. You lift up a standard against him. Hallowed be thy name. Lord, the enemy is coming after the minds of your believers. Lift the standard up so we can release, let go, and focus on our standard of love. His name is Jesus. Hallowed be thy name. Jehovah Shalom, we bless your name. You are our peace. The peace which transcends all understanding, which means in the mess, in the turmoil, in the trouble, we have your peace. And that doesn't define our mind. You define our peace. Not the circumstances, not the situation, but Jesus determines our peace in the name of Jesus. Because you are the one that mounts guard and garrison around our hearts. Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless your name. 
Tiskanu, Jehovah, you are our righteousness. Thank you for becoming sin for us so that now we can confess our sins to you and you're faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins. Oh Lord, we thank you for being our Jehovah Raha. You are our shepherd, therefore we don't want for any good or beneficial thing. Hallowed be thy name. And Jehovah Shema, who would never leave us nor forsake us, you're always with us. And with that, we can take comfort and we are encouraged and we can confidentially, boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. For what can man do to me? Hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You are El Elon, the most high God, the first cause for everything, the possessor of the heavens and the earth. If, now, it says heavens. This is a level of heaven. Satan is a level of heaven. And Jesus is the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah, Jesus. And God says he's the possessor of all. Whatever he possess, then that's who you go to for whatever you're dealing with, no matter what level you're operating on and operating in right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for being such a great God, everlasting God, a faithful God, a merciful God, a just God, a mighty God, the God of truth, justice, and righteousness. You are the most high sovereign of the heavens and the earth. Hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now, Lord, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you're going to have to bear with me because I'm going through this whole whole uh, class today. And it's a little, little bit longer. But we need every, every minute of it. That's our problem. We're fretting, worrying about, about time like we got somewhere really to go that's going to supersede what God has planned. He says, I have set a table before you in the presence of your enemies, the enemies that is messing with your mind and your soul right now. He says, I'm setting a table before you so you can dine sufficiently. Amen. 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 Glory to God. We're in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and um, we're going to go through verses 1 through 12. And the title are is the believer's patience and faith in persecution. The believer's patience and faith in persecution. Now, as believers, some have for some, as believers, some of us, and, uh, and, and, and uh, not all, but some of us, and, and then for those others who have been taught doctrinally, have come to believe everything must be okay, painless, and successful. If not, we have sin or something is wrong on our part, which is most, 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 most of the times, uh, well, some of the times that is a true fact, but most of the times it isn't. But we have come to accept and believe that statement, okay? We have come to believe and accept that because we're born again and saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, life is, should be just like... Uh, a bunch of roses, just smooth, clean, everything's just working perfectly. I'm just happy, happy, happy all the time. And uh, nothing should be going wrong. It's, if something is going wrong, oh, something has happened. Something must be wrong or I have sin. Okay, well, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Because to be honest, when you became a believer, that's when all hell began to break loose. It wasn't happening before you became a believer. Why? Because Satan owned you and, the, and he didn't have to bring in any destruction to you. You were living the lie. But once we became a believer, 
who now has to glorify Jesus Christ by our lives and do some things that messes in Satan's kingdom, you are going to suffer persecution. Once we became a believer, a disciple, which means a follower of Jesus Christ, just as he suffered, now we must suffer. Amen? You need to rejoice. Because number one, you're in good company. And number two, you're doing something that Satan can't handle. Amen. Or you've come to understand who you are in Christ and he knows where you're going and he can't handle the thought of, of that journey. When you arrive, amen. amen? As a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to begin to suffer. For the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but I will bring you out of them all. Amen. Okay? And as a result of being through these uh, afflictions and tribulations, character is built up, faith is strengthened, wisdom increased, fortitude established, joy and peace imparted, Jesus is glorified, you always end up with victory, and you most definitely have eternal life. Amen? Okay, I'll eventually get to our chapter, but go to first, I mean, second Corinthians 12. We have to, we, we have to repent for buying a lot of doctrinal lies because for us to come up with that theory, it was taught and everything that we hear is not doctrinal. Okay, second Corinthians 12 verses nine and 10 says, and he said unto me, this is Paul speaking, that what Jesus spoke to him, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. This is when Paul talks about it in 7 and 8 where he had a thorn in the flesh that nobody knows what that thorn is all about. But what I do believe, because uh, Paul was giving uh, the privilege, the blessed privilege of having such great deep revelation concerning who Jesus is for him to write the epistles to the church for us to come to know it, Imagine when you have that kind of power, if everything is perfect, you'll begin to get on the level Amen. of your maker Amen. and your Lord. So sometimes the Lord has to allow some things to happen to keep you humbled. Amen. But it doesn't change purpose, Amen. doesn't rearrange vision, nor does it disqualify you and, in, and enable, uh, enable you uh, uh, make you unable to do what God has called you to do. It's just the reverse. Because Jesus says, my grace is sufficient, which means in my weakness, I can revel because then God's strength shows up. Amen? Amen. So he says, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, says Paul, I would rather Glory in my infirmities. <laughs> Glory with the power of Christ so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He says, I would rather glory in my infirmities than to walk around thinking everything is going to just be perfect for me. Because then in my infirmities, in my weakness, God says, my strength comes in and rise up. And it gives me the opportunity to glorify God with my life. Verse 10, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. He's not saying I'm happy that I have the infirmities and I'm looking forward to having infirmities, but in it I would not revel and, and, and be cast down because of it, but I will take pleasure in the opportunity to let my crop, my Lord, my Savior, to be glorified in me, through me, in the affirmities. That means I won't let it stop me from doing what I'm supposed to do, regardless. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not having a convenient relationship with Jesus Christ. 
glory. I am seizing the moment and the opportunity for him to be glorified through me. When we take that position, he does a greater work in you to cause you to rise up from the infirmities. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then am I strong. He works in me. Let me tell you, you don't need to walk around acting like you got it going on to impress other people. Walk around acting like you got it going on to serve notice to Satan that he has no power and no authority to redirect your steps that God has planned in advance before you were even created to be put on this earth. Stop falling into the mode of, oh, uh, ah, for a moment of pleasure when you got a lifetime of joy that you got to get through until you get to eternity. And your passage to eternity is predicated on basic training here. That's uh, chapter four, same Second Corinthians chapter four, and I'm going to go from verses eight through eighteen, because see the whole reason I'm doing this is because Paul is, is is exhorting Thessalonians about how to live through persecution. Okay, verse eight says, "We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed." Glory, 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 glory. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. What do that mean? We are hard-pressed, but not crushed. Um, Visualize pressing on something, but you can't break it. Glory! Do you hear what he's saying? You may be putting pressure on me, but you can't break me because Jesus has me. Glory. Hallelujah. We are perplexed, but not in despair because regardless to what is facing me, my hope is in Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of my faith, the first and the, the, the beginning and the ending. Who can do anything with him? No one. Amen? Amen. So it doesn't matter about what's coming after you, what's happening. It only matters as what did Jesus say about it? Why are you sitting up there grieving and acting like you're on your last days? Did he tell you it's the last day? First of all, since he know how you're going to freak out, more than likely, he ain't going to tell you. Verse 9, persecuted but not forsaken. Cast down or struck down but not destroyed. This is making me happy. Y'all better catch on. Better catch on. (laughs) Hallelujah, Jesus. Because you can go around here mourning and and, and looking like you done lost everybody in your family. And you don't have no hope. All you want to. But it's not going to uplift you. It's not going to increase you. It's not going to fix you. It's not going to repair you. It's not going to help your situation to rise up. It's going to help it to to decline. And not only the situation declines, but you personally decline. Physically, mentally, emotionally, you're already wrecked. Ten, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in, in, in our body. Now, a truth that can be trusted is truth that transforms. Mm. 
and also testifies to others. Truth that can be trusted is truth that transform and also testify to others. Now think about it. That's Jesus' truth. That's this truth, not your truth. Your truth is a fact. It is not a truth. Because it's happening, you think it's a, it's a truth. It's a true fact. A true fact. It's a difference between a true fact and truth. Facts can be changed. And they are subject to circumstances that brings change. But truth can be tampered with. It will, truth cannot be changed. Truth has to manifest who it is. Are y'all with me? So what happens then when I trust his truth rather than my true fact, it transforms my thinking. It transforms how I look at stuff. When When I trust his truth, which is his word, and I keep focusing on that and keep speaking on that, it transforms my heart to react totally different than how I've been acting in the past. And guess what? Because it is a truth, then, and I've taken that position, it manifests. It manifests. And when it manifests, it's testifying. It's testifying to others to see. Because you see, the lies that I bought that has caused me to commiserate, feel sorry, mourn, and do all of that, no one is paying much attention to that. And you're certainly not testifying about the Jesus that you serve. Amen. Amen. Why, it, why would you want to come and be saved by Jesus Christ and you still got to act, feel, look like the world. The benefit of having Jesus is to transform me from how they have to function to a supernatural way of functioning. If that's not going to happen, why be saved? It doesn't mean that you're never going to face the same things that they're going to face. It says it rains on the just, just like the unjust. It just means that how I handle it is totally different. So my victory and my results is far greater. Help us, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? I actually prepared. I don't know how far we're going to get in Thessalonians if ever, because I think we need to start at one in this. In this. Chapter, uh, chapter 4, 2 Corinthians. Come on, we, we're going back to 1. Because I just have a feeling in a sense, we're not getting this. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. This is what Paul is talking to the church. He says, we have received uh, the mercy that's from this ministry that keeps us from fainting. Even though we've been persecuted, prosecuted. lied on accused and everything else but we faint not but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty dishonesty, which is the shame we have denounced the hidden things of dishonesty what is that the lying deceiving perception that Satan paints before you with true facts not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. When we tell the lie, name it, claim it, and you're supposed to be wealthy, rich, and happy, and all of that, that is a craftiness mishandling the word and, and operating in deceitfulness. Okay? But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. By the unveiled truth, we are commending ourselves 
so that you can prove it by the word what you hear to verify what we just spoken by the spirit of the living God. Okay? But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. <laughs> what I received from the gospel by the spirit of the Lord is for all those who have been saved because you're the only ones that can have ears to hear the hidden gospel. That's why Jesus wrote in parables because those who did not belong to him and Satan didn't understand what he was saying. He has the mysteries hidden in his word. That's why you got to study the word. That's why you got to read the word so that you can come to know your savior and all that he has in store for you. This is not no little party thing. This is not no little meeting gathering that you just come and you know. No. This is to equip you, to inform you, to prepare you to set you up for victory that can only come from his word not from nothing else not from what man has to say not for what's on tv not for who is running our country it can only come from his word and his word would keep you in perfect peace it would keep you upheld in the time of a storm it would keep you from falling and so it's hidden to those who don't know him why? Because the God of this world has blinded your mind so to keep you from seeing. Why? Because this word, this gospel is a light. And when you hear it, it shines a light into your soul as well as into your heart. And it has to shine light on your soul to expose the mess that's been there all of your days that you got to get free from. And if his light don't shine on your soul, you will not get delivered. You will not get free. But you want your soul to be changed. So you want the gospel to shine on there to deliver you from the hell that Satan has you walking in. Amen. And so you have to cancel those lies. You have to tell Satan you're not receiving it anymore. Why? So that you can hear the gospel and the, gospel, the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ will shine out the darkness in your heart. Amen. He says, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ, Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. See, what we need to understand, Satan's power is temporary. It's for a time. Because he is a defeated foe. He's just here to increase our faith. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's a defeated foe. He thinks he's doing something, but he's serving God's purpose. <laughs> so if we thoroughly uh, keep our focus on God, speak to the dark forces with his word, and pray constantly and declare who we are in Christ and that Jesus is our Lord, then God's promise to work out our, for our good was Satan meant for evil. Okay? Yeah. The evil that he has planned and stored, God says, I'm going to work that for your good. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Now, uh, if you don't believe me, you, you uh, asked Joseph about that, who was the poster child for Jesus' victory, Amen. doing torment, Amen. rejection, persecution, lies, and abandonment, which was years of it. And yet, he kept his eyes, his heart, and his mind on the vision that the Lord gave him when he was a little boy. And he says, you're going to rule over your brothers and your father. Now, when you hear that you don't as a child, you, don't, you think you're going to be the boss. You don't have no understanding about what Jesus is saying. Because, see, this is what you need to remember. God, you're just taking me so far away from what I planned. Um, when Jesus calls you to do something, he tells us at the beginning. And we don't have a clue. We can't understand it, can't perceive it, it doesn't make any sense. But that doesn't matter. Take it. 
as the old folks say, you will come to understand it better, better by and by, okay? Because what he does is he tells you, after born again, the vision. Don't make sense, no, none of that, but that's okay. Because what he does then is he pulls you back from the vision. That's the vision. He pulls you back from the vision, and then he takes you path by path by path to walk to the vision. As you walking each little path, he's revealing more and more to you Amen. what the vision was all about. By the time you get to it, now you understand your purpose and what you're really supposed to do. So while he's walking you path by path, the reason he's doing that, because your character has to line up with the gift in order to keep the gift from being aborted. So he has to work on your character little by little, and it takes time because we become the mess we are long term. It didn't happen overnight, and it's so attached, he has to pull it apart, which causes pain and discomfort. <laughs> and so when people are telling you what thus says the Lord to get you out of a character flaw that you have lived in so long that you don't even recognize that it is a flaw. You get angry. You get upset with the person. Uh-uh. That's the pain that you're feeling because God is trying to pull it away from your flesh. And it hurts. So rather than succumbing to the work of the Lord, you rather blame the person for being out of order and get angry at them and then miss the timing because you didn't hearken when you needed to hearken. So now, let's start all over again. Pat, do you get it and get Back in the season you're supposed to be in to bring the change. Because Satan don't have the power to hold you. <laughs> That's the good news. You're going to wake up one day. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because he don't have the power to hold you. Amen. You, 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 you see, like I told you, Joseph was told the dream, the vision. He had a dream of the vision of what he was supposed to do as a child. And it was manifested as a grown man. Not only did he rule over, see what he didn't understand, the reason why he would be able to rule over his brother and his father, because he was going to be ruling over a country. But it took him going through some tribulation, hard times to be in the position of doing that when it, the time came. If he hadn't been put, lied on, accused wrong, put in prison, mistreated and all of that, he would, that opportunity wouldn't have opened up. <laughs> all of that what the enemy meant to destroy him was God's seams being set up to prepare him. To prepare him for greatness, not destruction. But now if Joseph had been like we are, and whine and complain and rearrange things to make it convenient and to feel good to do what I want to do. He would have missed it. But he didn't. He just, when all those things happened, he thought back again to what God said. Like what God told Abraham. Remember what I told you? That I'm going to give you seed more, plenty, more plentiful than the, sea, the sand on the, okay? He keep thinking about your purpose. What did I tell you? Just focus on that. Not the circumstances. Circumstances must change, will have to change. Why? Because you serve a God, a purpose, who's in control of everything surrounding you 
he makes the determination. Yes. Not so this is why Paul is talking about in four and five, from three to five actually, about our minds being blinded by the God of this world. So five, he says, we preach not ourselves because it would profit them nothing. It would profit the churches nothing and it would profit the speakers nothing. Although some of us are deceived and, and because we're making outward profits financial gain and property and all of that stuff, we think we're profiting something. We're losing our souls for treasures on earth when God promised us an eternal treasure in heaven. So he says, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out darkness have shined in our hearts. The one who's going to command the darkness out of your heart has shined in our hearts, okay? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What is he talking about? He says, in our brokenness, do we shine the most? And the Lord's glory gleam the brightest through us. When we are broken and dealing with stuff, but handling it in the glory of Jesus Christ, Amen. Jesus shines more. Amen. <laughs> His light is brighter. He doesn't shine when we're, in, when we're broken and going through something and we're whining and talking about it all the time. He only shines when you are doing it in his power and his spirit, then it glorifies him. We were sitting at the table talking and I was sharing about stuff that would help arthritis and stuff and what I've been doing. And Max said, you have arthritis? I've had it for a long time. But that's because I don't sit up and say, ooh, oh, my knees. And I, I, I don't know why this is happening. What do you mean you don't know why it's happened? It's been diagnosed. You know, and so I said, I don't talk about it. When I talk about it, I talk to Jesus. And so he's already told me what to do for it, so I just do those things. So that I am not suffering. I may have some discomforts, but I am not suffering. So that Jesus can be glorified in my body. You don't know when I don't feel good. You don't know when I'm having a hard time because I come in the name of Jesus in his spirit and keep on moving. And in when I do that, whatever discomfort I've ha I'm having, it disappears in the process. Amen. Amen. And I forget. Somebody have to remind me. I thought you said you were. Uh... <laughs> or I heard like Dan told me the other day. Because I thought I was covering it. I heard how you were sounding when you first started, when you came up and when you were speaking, how nasal and everything you were. But in the process, it just disappeared. Amen. So I forgot I was even having those symptoms. Amen. See, I'm not just speaking the word. I'm talking Amen. experience. Amen. Okay? Amen. You think I feel good every day? But God. Yes. But God. Yes. But God. Yes. Amen. That's who I'm putting my trust and confidence in. And letting him tell me and direct me as to what I need to do. That's why I major on holistic treatments and medicine, okay? Not doctors and stuff. I'm not against them. I, I go for my checkup and all of that. But I'm telling you, I put my trust in what has been working and what will work. Why? Because God created the herbs. And when he put Adam and Eve in the garden, he says, every tree in here is good for life. Amen. Amen. And it wasn't about him they eating food. It was about them living life. Amen. So everything that we need is in the garden, yes. in the herbs that is natural. Yes. Man is, has, is, is copying off of God, but yes. putting other stimulants and, and stuff like that in it to make their own thing to, for profit when you can go to the yes. garden, to the ground, free. What, what did Witcherman oh, uh, Jake tell us yesterday about her husband's garden? 
how it tastes. She was saying the, everything that came out of it, she, he was fussing at her because she, she wasn't helping him to do the garden, but it's his thing, and she works. But she said the carrots were really orange and pretty, and they taste good. And she, she was thinking, all this work, we can go to the store and get, get it a whole lot cheaper, but you get life from the labor and so she was talking about how wonderful they were and how they tasted. I says, that's because, that's called organic. What you planted and cultivated is organic. What they do, they have to process it in order to keep the, keep the, uh, uh, the, the uh, quality, uh, not the quality, the quantity going all the time to, in order to feed the community. So what they do, they inject it with stuff that causes it to grow faster. They inject it with, with, with stuff to do certain things so that it comes, it turns over quickly, quickly, quickly in order to supply the needs. What do you think they're doing with, 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 with chickens? Have you ever thought about how do they come up with so many chickens? We got so many chicken places all over the place. Amen, yes. They, and, and chicken does not, if you are as old as I am, you'll know chicken does not taste the same it was when I was a child growing up. Plus, it has the most awful smell when it comes out. Okay? Because they're being injected to manifest and increase and produce quicker and more and more and more and more. So what we do naturally is healthier. So because all of that stuff is going into our system... I didn't intend to go there. But all that stuff is going into our, <laughs> into our system. And it's producing junk and mess and sickness and disease. Yeah. Couple with how we think. Yeah. Yeah. And we're slowly declining and being destroyed. And then wonder why. Why do I feel the way I feel? Why is this going on? Because we have not caught on to the truth. Let me tell you, God says, I reveal everything to you pertaining to life. Yes. Yes. So he can stop the decay. Stop what's happening. Obviously, he wants want somebody to know this because that is not in my notes and I'm just lost right now. <laughs> Verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That's why we don't have to fret about, well, God, how do I do use this gift? What should I say? What? Trust him. He's going to do it through you. He just need a willing vessel to be willing to go Amen. on his behalf. He'll do the work. You stop trying to conjure up something so you can sound good or look good or look intelligent and all of that. Just, just do what the Spirit is telling you. Because I've gotten to the point I really don't even care. You know, I may be looking foolish and, and whatever, but is, if God speaking through me, then I don't care. I just don't want to be up here in my own flesh. Okay, uh, verse 8. But we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Why? Because in that brokenness, Jesus shines stronger, brighter through us. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Do y'all understand what that means? Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in the body. Okay, that means I am dying to self. Okay, so when I said I don't care anymore, that's different when I'm in the place of ministry than when I'm out grocery shopping or doing anything else. I'm more conscious about how I'm presenting myself and how I look. But under the influence of the Spirit, I don't care. Okay? Because it's no longer about me, but it's about Him. So I want that flesh and that soul 
to die to the things of the world so that Jesus can rise up and manifest in me and through me. Because he can't manifest. He can't manif manifest in our body when there's other company there. It's not enough room for, for the both of them. Either Jesus is going to reside in you or Satan. You got to choose whom you're going to serve. Okay? And to be a walking testimony, then it should be him that's rising up and manifesting in us. That's why Paul was able to endure the things that he endured. Because it was for Christ he lived. And he said, it's for you that I will die. And it makes a difference. And it makes a difference. Okay. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Trials do not make us what we are, but reveal what we are. Trials do not make us what we are, but reveal what we are. The true test is when a believer yeah. is overwhelmed by troubles yeah. and yet still serve God yes. by fulfilling the work of faith. Fulfilling the work of faith and the power of God. You see, if, I guess we don't really believe that Jesus is powerful. Because we shrink in situations because of what we can't do forgetting about who he is and what he can do. So when we get in a, a, a position where it's challenging, that's when you say, Jesus, you tell me what to do. How do, how do I handle this? You work it through me. God, give, give me a plan. Give, give, me, give me some wisdom. See, that's what leaning and trusting on God. It's, you, we, you don't talk to God enough. You don't, you don't seek him enough. You're not asking for stuff that you, that you need. Why? Because we feel better whining and complaining in our flesh. Just start asking some questions. Start employing him to come in. Holy Spirit, you speak through me. You use me. And I'm not talking about ministry stuff, although I do that. But I'm not talking about ministry stuff. I'm talking about in your natural life. And in anything that you got to deal with. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. You, you do it, Lord. You help me. If we lean on him and depend on him like he tells us to do, we'll be able to accomplish far more than we can even imagine. That's what he says, that the peace of God will transcend all of your understanding. That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about that I can just sit back and lay back and feel nothing, see nothing. That ain't, I, that's not the kind of peace. It's the kind of peace that I don't have to fret and worry about doing something that I'm challenged with right now because he's going to do it through me. Amen. That's what he's talking about when he's talking about peace. He's not talking about where you sitting back reclined and, and don't have nothing to fret about or worry about you think and just sitting back doing nothing. No, he didn't call lazy folks in the first place. He means the kind of peace he's talking about that in the midst of all of this, I'm not losing my mind. I'm not being overcome. I don't have no hope. Because my hope is in Jesus Christ. And so regardless of what's going on, when I focus on him, I know, even though it don't look like it right now, the outcome is going to be what he says. And I may not feel it right now, but it's coming. And when you believe it, then it comes to pass. Our faith gives feet to the promise, gives feet to the benefits, gives feet to the, to the uh, uh, effects, the ending effects of things. Our faith gives feet to that. Amen. And if it doesn't happen, it's, it's because our faith is not where it needs to be. Amen. And then what if it isn't? Then ask God yes. to help you yes. come up yes. to believe. I believe, but help my unbelief. Where we stand and wh what we will believe is in the truth is shows up in our testings and how we handle situations. The work of Christ doesn't wait for us to be ready or for the right timing. When things change, all all of that will happen when we move by faith in the chaos. God is not waiting for us to get our proper stands and 
and when we feel like it and when it seems to be convenient. When, I've, I'm, 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 when I'm feeling up to it, God, or when I think I can do it, you know, well, well, not right now. And plus, I'm, I, you know, I, I ain't through partying, and there's some things I still need out of my system. And I, so when I get it together, God, and he said, okay, when the time comes, you're going to be greatly sorry because life is not waiting on you. And your future don't have anything to do with your emotional dysfunct dysfunctionalism. It's on God. I'm not right, but I'm going. I don't understand, but here I am. I don't feel equipped, but I trust you. And whatever it is, Father, I accept it. Then that's when God works miracles. That's when he gets go beyond and above anything that we can think or imagine. Because if, if just think about it. When God created this world, was it predicated on, on you? Because we weren't even around. Was it predicated on how you going to feel? He created everything before you even existed. Think about it. He created everything on this earth before he created man. So what's going on in the earth is not predicated on you and how you feel, but it's predicated on when he created you and gave you a command to take dominion and cause reproduction. It's predicated that you heard what he said and you're well, willing to go and fulfill what he has to say. So when you obey him, then he completes the picture to, per, to the perfection that he had started from the very beginning. Because you're following his guidelines. You're following his command when he tells you to, not when you feel like it. Just keep on messing around and waiting because he don't need you that bad. When one monkey don't write, act right, he'll call on another one. Don't stop no show. <laughs> As believers who belong to Christ and are bound for heaven should act like it. To be worthy of God's calling in our lives means to live in harmony with our ultimate destiny. To live in harmony with our ultimate destiny. So that means you flow with him to get where he's planned for you to go. Not your convenience. We, let me tell you, to serve Jesus Christ, you're going to be put out. More than put in. And, and, and when you feel like you can't go any further... He'll give you another breath. I know. I have just sat down and said, Jesus, I need your strength. Jesus, I need your wisdom. How do you think I'm able to be counseling back, back to back? It's not by my power nor by my might, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. Because I'm like, Holy Spirit, you speak through me. You speak to them. I invite and invoke his presence in for wisdom when... I'm counseling. I don't come up with, oh, I know I got it. I know what to say. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the gift is on me, but I, that, that's his gift. Not my gift. I just thought about something. You don't have no gift. You don't own no gift. It's God's gift that he's allowing you to be a steward over. And therefore, since it really don't belong to you and it belongs to God, you need to take care of it. Remember the three people with the talent? And the one just took it and hid it, thinking he's doing something great so he can return that same thing back to him. And he called him lazy, slowful, nope, not good for anything. Why? Because he says, take what I've given you and cause it to multiply. Not just increase, multiply. So when I come back, I have something. 
So the gifts that he has allowed us to use are his gifts that he wants to see an increase of multiplication. I'll read 11 and 12 and climax this. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of, of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasures of his, good, of his goodness and the work of faith with power. You know, Paul is really commending them for the work that the church is doing. Amen? And uh, be, because they were operating in the faith that he and, and uh, his partners had instilled and imparted in them. And they were showing the manifestation of the work that they had done. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Did you hear that? Yes. We're always delivered unto death. Yes for Jesus' sake, so that his life, the life of Jesus, might be manifested in our mortal bodies. That's what that means. If, if, if we're going to live, Jesus don't show up. Amen. 12, so then death worketh in us, but life in you. He's saying death may be working in us, but it's to benefit you because then there's life. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound, another word, rebound, to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Though our outward man may be perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. It's automatically going to perish, but we can help it alone, okay? So if, you, if your inward man is being renewed day by day, it's prolonging death to the physical. Are y'all with me? Okay. Because it's, it, that's going to happen. It's going to be a decline. But you can speed up the job with your emotional thinking and, 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 and your soul, because your soul is part of the mind, Okay. So if you want to live a long, satisfied life, like Psalms 90, uh, 91 says, then you need to be working on your mind, so being renewed by God, so that your outward man will last a little bit longer. Because your inward man is being renewed Amen. by the word. But now, if you're not renewing your inward man, it's decaying too. It's going down, which is causing the outward to look like it's looking, to act the way it's acting, to be hindered by life. Okay? For our light affliction, now I went through all this just to get to here. <laughs> For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. In other words, the, the troubles that you're having, the opposition, the persecution, the, the sickness, whatever you are enduring for the sake of God. Remember, I'm talking about for the sake of God. He says, those are light afflictions. Compare to what you're going to experience in glory. Amen. 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 So being persecuted for the word's sake, that's why I said it's a blessing. And you need to thank God because you're in excellent company. But what, whatever afflictions that you're having as a result of being in Christ. Now remember I started out saying we're going to have a lot of turmoil and afflictions. Yeah. And guess what? The great of them come, come from the people that's closest to you. But rejoice. Because they're light afflictions. When you compare it 
to what you're going to experience in glory. Because guess what? Those who are coming against you, and, and when we go back to Thessalonians, you're going to find out that those who are coming against you because of your new walk in Christ, your faith in Christ, the Lord is going to take care of them. He's going to judge them. So this is why we need to be praying for them because they don't know what they're up against. See, when they come against you because you're standing for the word's sake and for righteousness, they don't have a clue of what they're coming up against. They just think they're coming up against their relative, whatever your relationship is. But they don't have a clue. You're coming up against God's anointed who's coming with the truth. And because you don't receive it and you have your own ideology and whatever, don't change the fact that they're coming with the truth. And that truth is going to persecute you. And judgment is going to come on you for how you've come against the truth. So don't, first of all, don't you even worry about the Kushites coming after you. Because they can't destroy who you are and what's in you. But you do need to be praying for them because it will destroy them because God is going to judge them. And like I said, that is in that first chapter of, of, first, of Second Thessalonians that we will get to in about three or four weeks. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Okay. Huh? <laughs> I got one more verse. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the, for the things which are seen are temporal. That's what I've been saying the whole time. I could have got to this a long time ago. <laughs> but the things which are not seen are eternal. So the little afflictions and all that stuff we have right now is temporal. And, and, and subject to change. But the things that we cannot see, which are the eternal spiritual things in heaven, we will reap for eternity. Glory. That's good news. Let these light afflictions pass you by through the grace and power of Jesus Christ. I'm not telling you to do this in your own spirit, your own power, your own might. But put, give it to the Lord. But we hold on to it, and we pamper it, we dress it, we feed it. We, we do all these kinds of things because we think, because that's how we've been living as natural people for all of our days, are the things that we're supposed to do. But that's not how we're supposed to do it. I know that's how you were raised and you were brought up, because we were raised and brought up by people who didn't know the truth. Amen. Do you realize that? Even though they were in church, but they were in church with people who, who were not preaching how to live, but preaching to give out stories so you can shout, which I don't even understand why were you shouting. I never shouted, though. But why do people shout? I, I didn't learn how to well, get happy until I started hearing some real truth. So I don't understand that. But anyway, the point is they didn't teach you nothing. So ask God, first of all, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my ignorance of your gospel. Forgive me for holding on things that I inherited from relatives that I thought was right. But your, but your gospel has exposed light on it. So now, Lord, I choose to receive the truth and walk in the truth. I denounce past history that has worked against me up to this day. I declare I am a new creation. In Christ, In Christ. I, will I will live to live, to live. This, abundant life this abundant life 
you have given to me so that I may reap eternal life with you. The old is passed away. The new is present. I will live. I will thrive. I will soar in the new life in Christ. Amen. Okay, I will do the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Traveling mercies for you as you leave this place. And when you leave, tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.